Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord God, his power, his might. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get faint. All you got to do is press into him. If you're struggling today, he's got what you need. I promise you he's got what you need. And yet, if you just read this and let it wash over you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to think I'm selling you a bill of goods because you're going to say, I tried that and it didn't work. And if this doesn't work, then the Bible doesn't work. Because if this doesn't work, the promises of God are not yes and amen. And if this doesn't work, then you better just close the book and move on to something else because either it's true or it's not. And either he's good on his word or he's not. And I'm telling you, if you will press into him, if you will look to him, if you'll go deep into him, you will find that he will never leave you or forsake you. You'll find that he's with you in the darkest night. You'll find him. If you've got your Bible or you've got a phone where you can go to a passage of Scripture, go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. We're going to just look at a few verses at the end of Isaiah 40. And I'm not going to talk for a long time because the, the power is on the back end in terms of getting on our face before God and coming into the altar and seeking the Lord. But I do want to set this table for our seeking of the Lord by going to this passage because it's incredibly helpful, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why from a personal angle first, and then as we walk through the passage, we'll talk about the principles present in this passage that are going to help you. But when Becky and I were in our second year of marriage, we moved, or we were coming up on our second year of marriage, and um, we moved to the city of Dallas so I could pursue a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary. And I got a new job in that season and we sold a house and we got a lease as a couple and she got a new job. And so I was starting school and there were new bills to pay and uh, married life to figure out. And all of that kind of created a whirlwind around me that I didn't recognize. And I didn't know what was happening. And, you know, I, I just, I knew I was, I loved being married. I really loved school. And I, I really loved the job. None of them were a problem on their own. They were all great. But as I started that first semester of graduate school, the, the, the combined pressure of those different activities in life and all of the new it just started to, it started to choke me, honestly. Like, I didn't, it's, it was imperceptible at first, but then as I started going through the day, I recognized, like, within a couple of months, I wasn't well. I didn't, I, physically, I wasn't well, but also just processing. And so I remember coming home from from class one day and saying, I, I, I'm, I'm too sick to go. And the next day I was, I was in, I was done. I was in bed and I called my boss who had given me a great job, amazing hours, flexible schedule. It was the perfect job situation for that time of life and season of life. And I called him, like cold called my boss and said, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm quitting. <laughs> he was like, what? He's like, well, I'm getting on a plane. What, what are you doing? Like, uh, I'm just, I just want to let you know I'm not good at this. Like, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not helping you. And he was like, that, 
no, I don't agree with any of that, which was really nice of him to say. Whether it was true or not, that's what he said, and that's the truth before the Lord. I didn't think, I didn't think I was doing a good job. I didn't think it was going well. I thought I was a drag. And he said something that was incredibly wise in that moment. He said, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to get on this flight. And I'm going to go on this international trip. And you're going to rest. And we're both going to pray. And when I get back, after I've prayed and you've prayed, we'll decide. And if you still want to quit, you can quit. But right now, you still work for me. Goodbye. <laughs> like, that's a good boss. He was a good boss. He was also wise. Because he recognized something I didn't recognize. David, you're stressed out. David, you're facing pressure from a bunch of different sides. And you're not processing it well. And what I didn't know at that point was that I was not handling stress in a way that would help me make a wise decision. And I needed in that moment him to come alongside me and say, let's press the pause button right now. And why don't we spend some time talking to the Lord about this before we talk to one another about it. So tonight, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about something that I had to figure out the hard way over a series of years, and that's how to handle stress. How to handle stress. Now, you could fill volumes with this topic, by the way. Books are written on this. Courses are taught on it. There are academic journals that are published around this topic, and I'm not going to pretend that we can cover all of it in the next few moments. But what I can tell you is that the verses we're going to look at are incredibly helpful as a starting block for how you and I need to handle the stress that will inevitably be part of life. Okay, first, the problem of stress. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Even youths, I, love, I kept this translation because I like the word youths. Um, even youths, we don't say that enough. I, will you start saying that just as a practice? Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. What is God's point through the prophet Isaiah? That nobody is exempt from the weariness of the journey in life. Nobody's exempt from the pressure. Nobody's exempt from stress. Even young people Get stressed. Now, older people sometimes are harder on younger people because they're like, you ain't got nothing to be stressed about. You have a mortgage? I didn't think so. You're not stressed. So that's the way they can process that. But, but God says, no, 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 no. This is something that affects every single person because it's part of the condition of the human race. No matter what age or season of life you're in, you can get weary, you can faint, you can get exhausted. You can let the pressure get to you. It can happen. So this is the problem of stress. And we live in a culture where stress has got a stranglehold on us. Got a stranglehold. Do you know that in the most recent studies, 
that they've linked stress to 75% of visits to the doctor. 75%. That 44% of people in, a, in the U.S. say that they have more stress in their life today than they did five years ago. Almost half the population is saying it's getting worse. According to one recent study, one in five Americans deals with extreme stress. In other words, they have a physical manifestation of that stress. There's tremors, there's shaking, it affects their digestive system on a, on a continual basis. And so stress is a major factor in our culture. It's the problem of stress. So where does stress come from? Oh, you name it, it could be a source of it. Stress can come from relationships. It can come from your job. It can come from, you know what, as you think about your future, it can come from, you know, the, the bills in front of you, the, the kids that you're trying to parent, the marriage that you're trying to steward, the marriage that you wish you were stewarding. Some of you are stressed because you're not married. And then there are some of you married people and you're stressed. Well, never mind. Okay. Please don't interact with the people around you right now. Just let the Lord speak to your heart. Okay. But on the one side, there's the opportunities of life, the demands of life, the pace of life. On the one side, there's the obligations of life. And on the other side, there's the reality of the human condition. And at some point, something's got to give, right? You're only human. So what are you going to do about the problem of stress? Because here's some more encouraging news from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 16. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But hold up. So I love that. The promise of peace comes first. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Trouble is actually part of the promise. Jesus is like, I'm not going to lie to you on this. In this world, you'll have trouble. It's coming. You will have it in various seasons and situations and through a variety of relationships. So the question is going to come down to how are you going to handle it? Because we have, if we will take God at his word, we have the keys to handle the stress that comes to us. So I'm going to give you two, two cues from this scripture, maybe better to say two keys, that are going to help you process because they are helpful as a starting block for processing how to handle stress. Because some of you came in tonight, and I wrote a different outline for tonight. I had it ready yesterday. One of the pastors at the retreat I was at said, what are you preaching on in the prayer meeting tomorrow night? I actually told him the outline. This morning he goes, do you mind if I borrow that outline? It wasn't that good. I just don't think he had written a message yet. Um, he, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. Um, but I said, I actually changed it this morning. He's like, you changed it? I said, yeah. I got up feeling like I needed to talk about this. And I don't know who in here feels this, but there are people who have come in tonight and the pressure is overwhelming. The stress is crushing you. And God wants to extend a lifeline. 
And that lifeline is not me. That lifeline is his word. And so I want to take you now to verse 28. We're actually going to back up to the promise for strain because stress produces strain. And Isaiah verse 28 says this, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Do you know that God tonight is able to increase your strength? He's able to give you power if you feel faint. God has a promise in his word for the stress that you feel, for the pressure that is pushing on you. And here's the thing. If you don't take God at his word and you don't press into the promises, what will happen in the middle of your stress is that Satan will use it as a point of vulnerability to attack you. Because when you are overwhelmed by your life, it is like you are up to your neck in quicksand. And you know what Satan is going to do? He's going to go. He's going to try to push your head under. And so you have to acknowledge the stress you're feeling, but you also need to acknowledge the vulnerable position you're in and all the more cling to the promises of God. Because if you don't, I promise you, he will get a foothold. He will. So you have to go back to the promise of God for the strain that you're facing. And notice how this starts. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Okay, so what he's saying is, this is a reminder. This is the first time you heard this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? And then he talks about God. This is a, this is a theme in this passage. Uh, the theme is, there are things that you're aware of, but you're not aware of. There are things that you're aware of, but you're passively aware of them, and you need to be actively aware of them. Actually, go back to verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their hosts by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. He's talking about the stars and the constellations. It's awesome. But he starts with this question or this statement, lift up your eyes and see. Have you ever seen something but not seen it? No, I'm not. You know, I mean, the classic is the patio door. Like <laughs> some, somebody did that like last week. Uh, I've watched my kids do that. It's funnier when it happens to somebody else. I just, that's my, been my experience as a parent. It's, you just try to, you don't want them to see the laugh because you need to comfort them. But it's very comical to watch somebody walk into one of those doors. Um, but you're seeing, but you're not seeing. But the fact of the matter is, 
when it comes to life, often the reason we don't see something that is right in front of us is because we weren't looking for it. We weren't looking for it. So I don't know how many packages I've mailed. We've got a, we've got a post office box, and so I, I see all the logos all the time. I don't know how many times I've mailed a FedEx package, but I've never noticed there was an arrow till this week. I, I never saw that. Somebody showed that to me this week. I was like, oh, how many times have I looked at that logo? I don't know how many times I've bought ice cream at Baskin Robbins, but I, I never realized there was a 31 right there for all the 31 flavors. I, ne I never saw it. I just thought it was a B and an R. I really did. Some of you are like, wow, really? No, I really did. I never saw it. This is the one that really gets me. I love chips. I love chips. And I don't know how many parties I've been to where I've said, pass the chips and guac, but I've never seen these two people in the middle trying to dip a chip in this salsa. I've never seen that. I've never seen it. Right there in front of me all the time, and all I buy is Tostitos. I love those things. Never seen these two guys. Never seen them. Right there in front of you. Why? So I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for it. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of times, the way that we interact with the promises of God is we want them to wash over us passively. You know, I just want to, I just want to, I want to be exposed to the promises, or I want to, I want to be around the things of God. I want to, I want to have a casual bump up against the presence of God and hope somehow that me just waltzing into church and, and doing church or, or reading the Bible, but just letting it wash over me is somehow going to affect my stress and my pressure and my strain in the way that the promise says it will. But I'm telling you, it won't. Why? Because what you need and what I need when the pressure and the press of life is pushing on us is not a casual affiliation with the promises of God. We don't need a cursory glance at the promises of God's word. We don't need just a, just a moment in the presence of God. We need to go deep. You need to go deep. Because if you don't, don't go deep, you won't see. You'll see, but you won't see. You'll see, but you won't taste. You'll see, but you won't be overwhelmed by what you need to be overwhelmed by. Namely, the God who fortifies the promise. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord God, his power, his might. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get faint. All you got to do is press into him. If you're struggling today, he's got what you need. I promise you he's got what you need. And yet, if you just read this and let it wash over you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to think I'm selling you a bill of goods. Because you're going to say, I tried that. And it didn't work. And if this doesn't work, then the Bible doesn't work. Because if this doesn't work, the promises of God are not yes and amen.
And if this doesn't work, then you better just close the book and move on to something else because either it's true or it's not. And either he's good on his word or he's not. And I'm telling you, if you will press into him, if you will look to him, if you'll go deep into him, you will find that he will never leave you or forsake you. You will find that he's more than enough in the pit on a snowy day. You'll find that he's with you in the darkest night. You'll find him. You will. It's the promise for strain. The promise is him. Did you notice that? He's the promise. Even youths grow tired and weary, but God doesn't. Even young men faint, God doesn't. He's the promise. But not only do we have the promise, we also have his provision. Look at this provision of strength team can come back up, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What I love is what one Old Testament commentator wrote about this verse. He said, what Isaiah is saying is not that God enables people to get strength from his promises. He's not saying that. What he's saying is that God enables people to get strength from his promises to do the impossible. Why would he say that? You will mount up with wings like eagles? That's impossible. Run and not grow weary? I don't know about you, but I'm in the beginning of running and I get weary a lot. I mean, like I'm, Owen and I are running together and it's, there's a lot of weariness that's a part of that whole thing. It's just, I think weariness is mostly what it is. But the promise of God's word is that you'll run and you won't grow weary. How can that happen? It's impossible. How can you mount up like, like eagles with wings and soar on your own? You can't. Walk and never faint. How's that going to happen? On your own, that isn't going to happen. Go back to the verse though. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. This word renew is very interesting. I'm going to ask CJ to come up as we get ready to close. Give CJ Wells a hand, everybody. Come on, CJ. Be my friend here. Um, so this word renew, it actually is a Hebrew word that means exchange, exchange. So the idea of the word is that you bring your stress, you bring your anxiety, you bring your weariness. And as you wait on the Lord, there's an exchange. That CJ actually gets to take off this weariness here and God takes the weariness and he gives you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He gives you the oil of gladness. But it happens as you wait on God. It happens, that exchange happens only in one way. Does it, you notice Isaiah doesn't say, 
And sometimes it happens while you're eating Tostitos. And sometimes it happens when you're hanging out with friends. And you know, it's just kind of a, it's a multiple choice thing. You know, it happens when you, sometimes you go to work and you're renewed. He doesn't say that. He says, but they who wait on the Lord. In other words, if life is pushing on you and the pressure is mounting and the stress is building, there's an exit ramp for that. And it's one destination. It's on your knees in the presence of the Lord, pressing into him, going hard after him, saying, God, you're my hope. You're my strength. You're my power. You're my source. You're my provision. You're the God I see and you're the God I seek. You will never leave me or forsake me. I look to you and I'm giving you this because I don't know what else to do with it. This guy's a good guy. He's like, wow, he's screaming, spitting, yelling. Am I supposed to leave or stay? What's happening here? There you go. Take both of them. Um, here's the thing. Would you stand all around the room? God wants to do that for you. He wants, you to, he wants to facilitate an exchange right now. An exchange right now online. An exchange. But you've got you to bring it to him by waiting on him. You've got to. He wants to renew you, but the renewal happens in the exchange, and the exchange happens in his presence.